Hello. Hey. How's it going? How's it going? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. Uh, we'll wait for Martin here. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, it's been a minute since we've done one of these, so we've got uh, a lot of trade deadline stuff to go over today. Um, so excited for that. I'm going to let you lead the way. I've been a little bit behind on my research. Focus <laughs> on the uh, March Madness. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should uh, yeah. we should do an episode on that next week. We should. We should. Do you have a bracket? I did, but there were so many upsets this year that just everything went south after a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have one? Mm-hmm. How's I still do. Somehow, I'm still in the top 99 percentile on hmm. uh, ESPN. Oh, wow. Um, but I'm worried about this Alabama game happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alabama and UCLA. Yeah. That could really mess things up for me. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll wait for Martine, and for now, uh, we'll say uh, welcome to On the Fast Break NBA Talk. I'm your host, Alex, and we're back again. We're here with uh, Tigo, and hopefully Martine will join us in a couple of minutes. Um, it's been, what, maybe three or four weeks since our last episode, um, so a lot has gone down. I think the last time we yeah, recorded an episode would have been All-Star Break, Uh and so we already know who won that. Obviously, Team LeBron is what four and zero after being team captain, uh, and I'm sure he's willing to keep that up. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we got to the trade deadline uh, it was a couple of days ago, and it was a busy one. I think a lot of people were saying that these these were like the most trades that have happened in the trade deadline in the last 20 years or so. And um, that there were quite a few blockbuster trades, which I think, well, really two blockbuster trades, but um, as here's Martin. uh, How's it going, Martin? I'm good. How are you? Hi, Tico. Hi, Martin. Sorry for being late. I was finishing up some. You're good. You're good. Good to have you. Um, so yeah, we just started going over the traded line stuff that happened. I was just saying, um, this is like the most trades on a traded line we've seen in a long time. Uh, and we had like the first blockbuster trade since, uh, DeMarcus Cousins was traded to the Pelicans, I want to say. So it's been a little Mm -hmm. while. Um, I wanted to kick it off. What'd you say? Which blockbuster trade? Oladipo or uh So yeah, there were the Marcus two. Aldridge. And then yeah, I guess that makes three really, uh with that <laughs> buyout. <laughs> um What about Drummond too? Because Drummond Drummond just yep, signed with the Lakers. Just do so, that. so there's a lot there's a lot we gotta go over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I'm scrolling through NBA's list of trades that have gone down. Um let me start with uh, – let's start with uh, Portland's trade. Um, 
they bring in Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. Uh, for Norman Powell. I like this trade for for Portland. Maybe not as much for uh, for the Raptors. Um, mm-hmm. But Norman Powell, I, I say this as I see notification that he was posted by Aaron Baines, is a is a is a very good player. Um, besides that, what what just popped up on my screen? Um, and yeah, he's he's I think he's like the third highest field goal percentage from three, um, behind Joe Harris and Joe Ingles. Um, so he's he's definitely a good addition for the Raptors. They get another shooter to go alongside. Uh, Wait, uh, Alex, hold on. I just want to recognize because I'm sorry. I sorry to cut you off, but I think the okay. three point leader this year. I think my dad told me is Tony Snell, the man infamously known for playing 28 minutes really? with the Bucks, one game and having zero rebounds, zero steals, zero points, zero assists, zero blocks. He had zero in every single category except for minutes. He had 28. He just ran around. So, <laughs> Wow. So Tony Snell's up there too then. Um, yeah. that's, that's, that's an impressive stat line. That's impressive. Did he have like a foul or anything? Any fouls? No, I don't. I don't think he had any fouls either. He he literally just ran around for twenty eight minutes. <laughs> so he was just kind of like a ghost on the court. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um. So I guess Ray Allen is up there as well. Uh. Up. Uh, sorry, not Ray Allen. Tony Snell. Tony, Ray Allen <laughs> is the all time leader, but I don't know how I got yeah. Ray Allen and Tony Snell confused. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like this trade for the Blazers. I think this solidifies them a little more, um, in playoff contention. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Portland does a good job by adding Norman Powell. Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of like a point guard, shooting guard, and he can definitely help the team out. Portland have always had a good team for the past few years. They've they've gotten nagged a bit by injuries, but overall they've always mm-hmm. been a team that can play. Last year they had really bad luck because they had to play against the Lakers first round. Yeah, but I think definitely if they're able to get a more solid standing and not just have not just be the seventh or the eighth seed, yeah. they could get to the second round. Which so, what currently they're in fifth, I think in the yeah. West. So that's good for them. And here it is: Powell is currently forty nine for, for ninety two from three point line. Corner threes, sorry. Uh, shooting 53.3% from the corner. Um, the fourth best uh, among 60 players who attempted at least 50 from the corner. Um, he's above 50% from both corners, not only uh, the left. Um, and, yeah, so the Blazers were really low on um, attempts from the corner per game. So having Dame, CJ, and then Powell in the corner – I mean, teams would not really even guard the corner because they don't have guys who could make shots from there. But now that they have Powell, it'll be able to open up the floor a little more. Um, when the Blazers are on offense, it's not like Dame and CJ have to face, you know, three guys guarding the arc and then two big guys in the paint. Now someone has to be over in that corner watching Norman Powell. So I think not only will it give Dame and CJ more opportunities to score the ball um, with one less defender on them, but I think Powell is just a great addition in general for shooting the ball. I mean, Alex, it seems like you were in the office when the GMs were making this decision. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a really good strategy. That's, a, that's probably what they were thinking as well. Because, you know, we don't think of Dame taking corner shots. Mm-hmm. You know, he's normally launching it from half court. Yeah. Which is where he, that's the only place you're, he's going to get his space, you know. And yeah. So, like you're saying, having somebody that's actually comfortable in the corner will create mm-hmm. create problems for the defenses. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, next I wanted to go over – I actually think I, did, I want to do this first, but I kind of forgot about it. Kyle Lowry was not traded in the end. Um, it really seemed like with all the other trades that Toronto was doing, you know, trading Mark Thomas for a couple of seconds and uh, just cl- and Norman Powell too, even though that brought in uh, more players, like that kind of frees up cap space and all that. I 100% thought that Lowry would be traded for a big name um, mm-hmm. be- just because they're clearing out so many uh, rough spots and mainly cap space. Um, but it seemed to me like they were going to go for a trade where they would send Lowry to Philadelphia and get uh, Matisse Thybul and most likely, um, I'm forgetting his name now, uh, Tyrese Maxey potentially, it, despite him being a rookie mm-hmm. who's been playing fairly well this season. Um, or a guy like, uh, is it Sean Bradley? No, not Sean Bradley. One of the Bradley guys who who plays center, who's been pretty good without Joel Embiid playing here. Um, it really seemed to me like Lowry was getting traded, and they didn't do it in the end. And I feel like the rest of those trades that were made, especially giving up Norman Powell, were kind of a waste for the Raptors. Yeah, I feel like he wanted to leave as well. So it's kind of – that also brings up questions as to why he didn't. It was probably – it was probably money at the end of the day. They were like – you know what, uh, Matthias Thibel and whomever, right? We can't even remember his name. They're not yeah. going to bring in tickets. They're not going to bring in wins. We could maybe develop them into better players in the next season. But Kyle Lowry is kind of the face of the organization. So until we're able to get somebody who's valuable or, you know, we'll, we'll tank a season and then we can get a rookie who has clout is probably – Probably the route that they were thinking, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So next, there was uh. So I think I want to say one of the okay the first trade that went down was Delon Wright to the Kings for guard Corey Joseph and two second round picks. Not a huge trade. Um, mm-hmm. Not much to say. Uh. Mm-hmm. And then. This is kind of where Kyle Lowry started coming into play, and there are rumors about him going to the Lakers, the Sixers, and the Heat. Um, and then, out of nowhere, uh, um, JaVale McGee was traded to Denver, which was completely unexpected. People were guessing he was going to go to the Nets for a couple seconds, and um, no, that's not what happened. So um, Denver got JaVale McGee, who... When I say that name, it makes me think of a of a meme player, but he's been very good the last couple of years. I feel like, yeah. So I think that's a, that's a yeah, that's a good addition for Denver. I'm not too sure, uh, not too happy. Uh, I'm not too sure how happy Bull Bull is going to be 
um, seeing another center come in. But um, well, he, I think this is good for Bobo. Um, oh yeah. I uh, hopefully it'll motivate him, or yeah. he can get his ass out of Denver um, because he's talented. I don't know if you've seen some of his recent highlights and games, but like yeah. the kid is is longer than the court. He has yeah. handles, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. hard for a guard or a big to stay in front of him once he grows into, like, he's still a teenager, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, there's so much potential with Bull Bull. Um, and yeah. so, hopefully this trade of, of JaVale, you know, JaVale is a good leader. Uh, hopefully, if if anything, you know, there's two options. One, Bull Bull will take the leadership of somebody who's a veteran um, in the game. JaVale's a veteran, right? We have to give him at least that respect. He's, he's won championships, okay? Yep. He's played with LeBron. He's played with Steph Curry. You know, he's played with really ca- high-caliber players. Jokic is still learning to lead a team, you know? And so... Yeah, yeah. This this is this could be potentially really good for a team that went deep into the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll go over it some more later. But the Nuggets made some big moves to solidify their their playoff uh, their their playoff most likely deep run uh, mm-hmm. later this season. So we'll go over that in a sec. But um, the next. Uh, Okay, so here's here's the big trade, and this the next trade that happened this day. I remember being in chemistry class, and I had my phone on my desk, like looking at notifications from Woj, and I see this coming. Quote: Here's the deal: the Bulls land Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. Huge addition for Chicago, who remains in pursuit of Lonzo Ball. The Magic are moving toward a rebuilding now with Aaron Gordon deal uh, deal on deck. When I saw that notification, I think I didn't realize it, but I let a noise out and everyone looked at me and <laughs> I, you know, I was so happy that this happened um, because despite being a James Harden fan, I also love my Chicago Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. So I loved seeing this finally. Um, people all over Twitter were saying, you know, um, Arturas Karsinovas or however you say his name, has already done more than Garpax did in the last decade. Um, and this is most definitely not where he stopped. Um, uh, and then, so yeah, what do you, what do you think about that trade? I think the Bulls have, I think the Bulls are, are a solid seventh seed this year. So you said there's also talks of getting Lonzo Ball. There were, but they never went through, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I think Zach Levine is is he's good by himself. It would be it would be awkward having Lonzo trying to in behind yeah. him. Um, yeah. I think that you know, I I've always been a Chicago Bulls fan and um to see this GM actually make moves that are towards the development of the team, they're putting Pieces that nobody thought would be possible to get put in place around Zach Levine 
you know, we were talking about LaMarcus Aldridge or we were talking, you know, and we were talking about it as like a joke in our last podcast. Like there's no way the Bulls are going to make moves that will be mm-hmm. substantial this year. And look what they did. Um, yeah. It's. Yeah. It's when great. I saw that trade as well, I was, I was, I was wide eyed. I was, I could not believe that the Bulls like made such a good move. It's, it's been a while. It's refreshing. It's hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I did, this is the trade that I want to talk about the most here today. Um, we saw Vucevic play alongside Zach Levine last night. And despite having not only one anymore, but two um, people who tend to be the first option on their old teams, well, Zach Levine on the current team and Vucevic mm-hmm. on his old team, um, I thought that there might be some sort of an issue with with scoring and all that. And, I mean, no, not at all. For At least for Zach and Vucevic, no, not at all. Um I think Vucevic ended up getting like 22 points, nine rebounds and four assists. And Zach had like 19 points and four rebounds and two assists. So I think this could really be an underrated duo here in the, in the league. Um, I think it's, that's a good point, Alex. Like it's, it's definitely going to be a duo and um, you know, it's the complete opposite in terms of dynamics, I'd say, from like a Kobe and Shaq, but they still have yeah. that that duo esque, like they fit in with each other's style of play, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, um, despite, I mean, honestly, the rest of that Bulls game that I was watching against the Spurs, the Lamarcus Aldridge list Spurs, uh, was terrible. I mean, it looked like the guys who were new to the team were the guys that had been there all along and the guys that were already on the team looked like the new guys. I mean, the the new guys did most of the work besides Zach Levine. So that was definitely an issue in that one game, but I'm sure that that Bulls bench will snap out of it eventually. So um, I can't wait to see everyone playing um, as well as they should be. Uh, Thaddeus Young and then uh, Lowry Markin and Sadoransky. And then Zach Levine and Vucevic. I think that's a playoff team right there. Um, <laughs> I I did. Um, I was listening to a podcast on another podcast on uh, the other day, and they were saying the Bulls. They are getting into the playoffs, but they're out first round. Um, and I thought just right away. Well, no, I mean if the Bulls can somehow rack up enough wins to get to the fifth seed, then, I mean, there's a big – the teams in the East are a big three, right? The Nets um, and the – I'm forgetting now, the Sixers. And you could call the Celtics the third, even though they aren't playing very well at all right now. But um, Wait, no, the heat, you're forgetting the Heat. Right, the Heat. And um, – then after that, it's like you've got Kyle Lowry and the Raptors and, uh, I mean, what else? The Julius Randle and the Knicks. Um, <laughs> so if, if the Bulls can get that fifth seed or higher, um, I think they're a solid second-round team. Um, and it, we've still got, what, like 
four or five weeks until the, or six weeks until the playoffs. So the guys will all have a chance to get to know each other's play styles. Um, so, yeah, I think if the Bulls can make the fifth seed, that'd be great for them. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I just – I don't know why. Like, I think the, even with the, without the big four, I think um, the problem is, yeah, as of as the fifth seed, you're going to have to face one of those big fours. And I don't see I don't see yeah. a chance where the Bulls can realistically do it just because even though the, with the addition of Vooch and just how well Zach Levine has been playing, the other teams have more depth and they just have more talent. And I think if you give the Bulls a few years – they they could be like a a low key contender, but I I don't think that's the case. Right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then the other thing is with bringing in Vucevic, like we were talking about this the last couple podcasts, the Bulls' free agency market isn't big because a they they weren't a good team, and b you know the city. But we're gonna ignore that part right now, and we're gonna say they are a good team now that can most likely pull in big name free agents now. Um, and I think if, if we can pull in, you know, I mean, who's, who's a free agent this year? Do you know who's a, John Collins Collins could be one. Um, what else? Uh, Who else? Who else? Let me look. But but yeah, I agree with Um, you. Oh yeah. There's a Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Lowry, uh, Drogic. Dragic, uh, Schroeder, uh, Patty Mills, Dinwiddie, Lonzo. There's, there's a few names. Demar Derozan, Oladipo. So you know, I mean, if the Bulls could pull in any of those names that were just mentioned, yeah, easily, easily contenders. Like, I, I would say that they currently are a contender but they're not a serious contender. If they pull in one of those names, potentially even two, like if they can pull in, you know, Drew Holiday, who's getting a bit old, so he'll be on a smaller contract. And like DeMar DeRozan, same situation, getting a little old, smaller contract. If they could pull in those two, I, you know, and then bring in a couple guys for the bench, like uh, like Schroeder, uh, Duncan Robinson, you know. I think that they're a solid, solid, serious contender. Alex, you know, I mean, I don't like. Like, I think we can have a good debate about this for a few minutes. Is I don't think that's like possible. And I know what you're saying, and I agree. But and I do the same thing. For example, when I, when I'll play like a sports game and I'm on franchise mode, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. I think there's such a big yeah. difference. For example, Duncan Robinson, he's gonna get his money. Like he's gonna be getting at least, and I can say, I I can see Duncan getting like 15 million a year. Which is a lot for a bench player. I think he's gonna stay in Miami too. And I get what you're saying, but I think yeah. the thing is, it, it's built up over time. Like when you look at the Clippers, for example, the Clippers where they're at now all mm-hmm. started when they traded Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. It starts. It starts mm-hmm. a while back. It's not automatic like a two season pull unless it's like the Lakers who yeah. got LeBron, right? But. Even with those mm-hmm. signings, I think it's going to take a long time. I'm not saying they can't be contenders in two or three years, but saying that they can be contenders next year, it it would just it would take like a Herculean effort to get it all. And I, I just don't think it. Possible. It took it took Brooklyn a while to be contenders. Yeah. It took it took Miami a while to be contenders. It took 
the 76ers, you know, the three big teams or three of the bigger teams that we consider in the East, you know, it didn't happen overnight for them. So, yeah, definitely hear Martin's point, you know, and um, even though there are some powerful people on the Bulls, I I do, I do agree. It might be a little hard to get them out of the first round this year uh, because of depth, because of mesh of team. And even though we might have, let's say, a starting, we, we might have like a solid eight, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe those eight or those first five don't work in the Bulls. We need somebody, a similar player, but from a different team. They need to figure that out. And that's what you saw happen, you know, with the Nets uh, with, and with the Heat. And so. Yeah. And then the other thing is yeah. there's always – That's the process. The other thing is there's always surprises. Like, for example – there's always like a few guys you never expect to be as good as they are, and they just turn like Montrezl Harrell, for example. He's a beast, and he was kind of yeah. a few years ago he was traded to the Clippers from the Rockets, and then he like exploded. So I think if the Bulls get like a few guys that they're not known at all and they could explode, maybe. But I, I think yeah, Tigo right that it takes some time. Yeah. And I think Alex, you're right about your point, and I think this is a big step forward. And it shows that they, they want to contend. I just don't think it's going to be as automatic. Yeah. Who's, who's yeah. the rookie for the Lakers who's just, like, been born? Oh, uh, Horton. Callan Horton Tucker. Horton Tucker. What is his contract look I like? I think it's – I can look it up. I think it's it's probably, like, $3 million a year because he's a rookie. Oh, how many years? Yeah, and it either ends, like – I would assume it ends this yeah, year or next. Yeah, it's one point five but... million. So it's yeah, that's that's literally one percent of uh of the cap. So it's it's a it's not big at all. He's gonna be yeah. He's gonna be a very shining star. I feel like I feel like he's gonna be once he's because yeah, people like yeah, especially hit the thirty. And even pick. even he could. If if somebody like the Bulls, if the Bulls could get somebody like him, that would be great for the team. He they could because he's from, uh it says here he's from Chicago, so he might even be like, well, if I get a chance to have a big role in my team, that that that's likely. Yeah, what's yeah. the GM's number for, for yeah. the Bulls? I'll send him an email. <laughs> see what he thinks about it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean. And then the last part of this Bulls team would be they want to ensure that Patrick Williams grows to be a good player. Um, he's definitely been showing it lately. Um, but it's like, can he keep it up? And can he become even better? Uh, and eventually, can he become the number one player on the Bulls roster in eight years, you know? So... That's like the final piece, you know, free agency and making sure Patrick Williams grows. And as a I player. mean, I think Alex, you never know what can happen because there's always teams that can get like, for example, the Rockets got Christian Wood, who's turned into a beast this year. You never know, oh, yeah. but I think yeah. for now, and there's a few teams too that we didn't for mention. Now. We didn't even mention the Bucks that are, you know, they're up there too. We didn't mention the Hornets that have a really good project going right. on. Right. Even the Pacers, like. The West, mm-hmm. I mean, the East is 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 kind of stacked, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So we'll just have to see where that goes. Um, so then next there was the uh, Evan Fournier trade. I was very surprised when I saw that it popped up that Evan Fournier was being traded for just two seconds. Um, uh, and I, I was just surprised, really. Um, I figured that there would be a bigger package for him just because he's been playing some pretty good basketball lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a guy who can shoot the ball and just score, really, um, off a screen. You know, he can run the pick and roll with uh, Tristan Thompson. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a pretty good addition for the Celtics. And, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with them lately. I mean, their roster has barely changed since last year, and they've dropped from, like, what, the three seed yeah. to the eighth right now. So, uh, yeah, so I think that's a good pickup for them. What do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think uh, the Celtics, like you said, there's there's been a lot of turbulence going on, and it's it's not really definite as a why, but I think that definitely it's a good addition. And I think the Celtics are kind of in a Bulls type of situation where maybe maybe they're better off because they have Tatum and Brown, but you know they're not ready to contend yet. But possibly, you know, in in two three years they're gonna be. They're gonna be up there because Tatum's a Tatum's a monster, and uh, if they if they're able to get mm-hmm. someone like maybe Lowry, Lowry could be an addition, even though he probably will go to the Sixers or the Lakers. I just, you know, though that's a team that's like one or two players away from really being up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Lowry's gonna get, go to the Lakers. Come on, he wants to win a championship, <laughs> and. Um... LeBron is going to be able to get him, get him in LA. That's what happens when unless 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 the Nets land Giannis yeah. for two seconds. <laughs> um, like but yeah, so that's a. What'd you say? This is like a scare tactic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty good improvement for the Celtics, I think. Um, and then the Bulls front office making some more moves, um, trading Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson for Troy Brown and Mo Wagner. This isn't a big trade, but I was just surprised that they traded Daniel Gafford because I, I think he is 100% a future all defensive first team. Um, he might not be a, a, the best scorer ever, but, um, he's definitely in his second year this year been a great defender for the Bulls um you know if you can just learn how to defend the pick and roll uh, a little bit better I think he's for sure all defensive first team so I, I you know I don't know how I felt about this one but what do you guys I think I mean uh I think sometimes if you want to acquire different pieces it, it has to work and I think what the Bulls are probably looking at is I'm not that familiar with the Bulls roster but they're probably just looking at how to fill gaps mm-hmm. and Mo Wagner, like you said. I mean, he was really good in college, and I think he's a player that could, you know, he could probably, you know, maybe if he gets good, score like ten points a night, and that could be helpful. So I think they're just looking at the gaps mm-hmm. rather yeah. than the players themselves. Yeah, yeah, 
But then they ended up flipping uh, Mo Wagner for Daniel Tice, which I like Daniel Tice not as much as Daniel Gafford, but um, I think I think Daniel Tice would be a good player for the Bulls. Um, He was he was pretty good for the Celtics, um, as far as I saw. So I'm excited to have him. Uh, And yeah, so that's that. And then. Another big trade that happened was uh, Aaron Gordon got out of Orlando after seeing his other two uh, out of the big three go. And he went to Denver for Gary Harris and RJ Hampton in a first. Um, which I don't know if this is overpaying or not from Denver. Uh, Gary Harris and RJ Hampton may have been all right, but adding that first round pick in, even though it might be, you know, the 26th first, uh, the 26th pick, um, I don't know, you know. I like this trade uh, probably for both sides. Uh, Orlando gets another pick, uh, and Gordon gets the power forward that Denver has needed for such a long time, and an athletic one, too, to play along playmaking point guard Jokic. So um, I think that'll be fun to watch those two in the post. Uh, I bet there'll be a lot of lobs <laughs> uh, from Jokic to – not only even I think it's gonna be a lot from Jokic to Gordon, not like Jamal Murray to Gordon, but I think uh, Jokic and Aaron Gordon are gonna be good down low together. Yeah. We're gonna have some fun. Jokic knows how to Jokic knows how to pass. Um, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, I yeah, I think this is one of those deals where both sides win. Um, I think this is only gonna make Denver a scarier team to everybody else in the West. Um, whoever's running Denver right now is making real good moves. Uh, oh, yeah. And they're really focused on winning a championship <laughs> because that was a subtle move, um, picking up a really – he's still young. You know, Aaron, Aaron Gordon is still in his stride in his prime and ready to win. Uh, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's had the experience of being a star player for years. He's comfortable with the ball in his hand. He's had to be in clutch situations. Now you're going to put him on a winning roster with a team focused on winning a championship. Great move. For yeah. Denver. And this is a great opportunity for Orlando to rebuild because they couldn't do with anything with Aaron. Yeah. Now they've got in the money and the resources. That can help do something good for Orlando, bring a bus to the city. Um, you know, I'm sure Denver didn't want to see them go. Those are good players in and out of themselves who've proved themselves. Yeah. But this is going to be a win-win situation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and so there have been a lot of things going around saying pray for Orlando uh, because their starting lineup is now Kem Birch, Chuma Okiki, James Ennis, Dwayne Bacon, and Chas 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 Randall. Um, (laughs) Oh, um, in terms, (laughs) those are five players that wouldn't start in any other team in the in the NBA. (laughs) Those are five players who aren't making the rotation in any other teams in the NBA. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they want Cade Cunningham. 
Um, oh, wow. But, yeah, in terms of overall ratings, um, 99 being Giannis and LeBron and, well, 60 being Kem Birch. Uh, you got Kem Birch at 60, uh, 68, Chuma Kiki at 70, James Ennis at 74, Dwayne Bacon at 71, and Chassius yeah, Randall at 71. I mean, they're, and they're that is their so starting much, lineup. You know, they're probably gonna have like uh, a top three pick for the next four years. So long run. Yeah, and I, 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 I said that. What I think are you going like, say? Top three pick for the next four years, at least. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I I'm calling it right now. They're not winning more than five games for the rest of the season. I'm I'm that serious too. I don't think they're gonna win any more well, than five. If, well, this isn't good for Orlando because there's I don't know if this sounds rude, but I don't know if there's anybody who's super buzzing or catching anybody's eye in college basketball right now. Um, I think you a huge prospect. I think you broke out a little bit. What was that? I'm saying there's there's. There's no huge prospects um, in the college game like there were the last, you know, three, four years. This draft class is not as strong. So Orlando's put themselves um, in a position of limbo where, like, they're going to get the the luck of the draw. I don't know if they're going to be able to fill positions they need. You know, and they also don't (laughs) – if that is your starting five, then who is on your bench? Yeah. Yeah, wait. Let me me take a look. Orlando Magic. <laughs> God. Because y'all, that's your starting five. You need to fill the whole roster. You just need to burn the whole roster. At this yeah. point, I could start probably play start, for Magic. Start again. You know, like... Uh, um, if they're just trying to sign anybody, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair to them, they do have, you know... Uh, Cole Anthony, uh, okay, and Jonathan Isaac, but Cole Anthony will develop into a great player. Yeah, I think so. No doubt about that. A lot of people passed on him because of his injury, but he came back and he's been playing well, like very well lately. So, uh, yeah, I think he'll be definitely be a good player in the future. So, and this was so they have one position. This will give uh, Cole Anthony and, and Mo Bamba, too, more minutes, and hopefully they'll develop a lot more um, since they're going to be getting the ball more. I mean, Cole Anthony is probably going to be playing 35 minutes per game um, with this lineup. So, uh, um, Mo Bamba should be playing 30. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Whether he's producing, he should be playing 30, and that, at least for the rest of this season, because what else – what is Ennis going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, keep keep the hashtag up and hashtag pray yeah, for keep Orlando. Orlando <laughs> um, moving on, we have. Uh, I like this trade for Miami. They bring in Bielitsa for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. Um, Bielitsa is definitely a guy who can shoot at the power forward position, power forward, small forward, and they didn't give up too much for him. I, mean, I don't think Mo Harkless or Chris Silva were in the rotation. Um, and if they were, they're getting uh, those minutes right at the end of the game. They're when they're up by twenty. Um, so I think 
I like the trade for Miami and for the Kings. It'll clear out Ulitz's, uh cap space, which I want to say was around fifteen million. So uh, I think this is a sign of Kings willing to make big moves uh, in the in the next three years or so, which is promising because they haven't been um, contending since like Hejesta hey Yakovic and all those guys back in yeah what Mike Bibby yeah like Chris Webber. When was when was that? What year? Like two thousand. That was probably two thousand one, two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, so it's been so a while. Years ago. It's been a while for Kings fans. Um, so I definitely like that move. Um, then you had that three-way deal with Terrence Ferguson to the Knicks and George Hill to Philadelphia, which I like that by the way. Uh, George Hill to Philadelphia because I think George Hill's a guy who can definitely move the ball well. Um, it's really unfortunate that Embiid is injured because um, the Sixers were just doing so well. Um, but yeah, I like I like that move for them. Uh, and then there was that Norman Powell deal. Uh, and then the news broke that Kyle Lowry was most likely going to either go to the Lakers or stay with Toronto. Um then the Raptors cleared out more cap space and rumors came back around again by trading uh, <clears throat> Matt Thomas. Uh, and then this kind of came out of nowhere, but Lou Williams, Lou Will traded for Rajan Rondo. Um, and it might not sound like yeah. a lot, but the thing about this one is there's no one that knows that Lakers yeah. playbook re- better than Rajan Rondo. And him being on the Clippers is definitely as much as I wanted Lou Will to stay in uh, in LA and um, keep playing there until he retired. Uh, I think it's going to be a great reinforcement for the Clippers to have Ron yeah, on their that, team. Martin, yeah, you'd probably yeah, know the most I about mean, this one. It's just it's a great move. I think again, like you said, it sucks that Lou Will can't finish his career. With the Clippers, but I think it's what they mm-hmm. needed. So, and I think with how good the Clippers are and how deep they are, this move really could, at the end of the day, be the most important because he he has the capacity to be the best, the third best player on the team during the playoffs. And like you said, he knows the Lakers inside and out. Yeah. And yeah, overall, I think he'll probably be the starting point guard, which I think is good because. Beverly really isn't a point guard. He's just yeah. kind of a guy who plays good defense and uh, yells a lot. So I think mm-hmm. this this gives them a real point guard. <laughs> and on top of it, like you said, he knows the Lakers. I think this it's what they had to do. There was no other option. And Luba was scoring like yeah. 12 points a game this season. So he, he wasn't performing at his best either. So it, it made sense. As much as it sucks, it, it could potentially yeah. be the final piece of the championship. Yeah, yeah, and Lou Williams apparently said a couple of weeks before the deadline that if he were traded, he'd most likely retire, which is kind of unfortunate um, after being the sixth man of the year king, uh, hopefully to become the Lou Williams sixth man of the year award. Um, that'd be cool. I don't know how much he'd want his name on no, sixth that, man of the year award. award to but, have. I think um, people kind of forget that the, the fact is that, you know, it's not just five players. There's 15 players on a team. Most of us have a ten-man rotation, so and yeah. he's been super important. 
he and when. Yeah. I mean, let's remember James yeah. Harden. He he won six man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so did people like Andre Iguodala. You know, <clears throat> like there's a lot of reputable names, including Lou Williams, who yeah. had their name on the award. So, um, I think it's a I think it's a great award. I think yeah. it's a great award. Um, and so then, uh. <laughs> Our next big trade comes out where the Heat acquire Oladipo for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk and a 2022 pick swap. Um, I like this trade for both sides. Obviously, Oladipo wanted out of Houston, just like really a lot of people have um, in the last couple yep. couple uh, months here. Or not even, yeah. um, I definitely like this trade for Miami because. Avery Bradley just wasn't performing like how they were expecting him to. And then Kelly Olenek is Kelly Olenek, you know. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I like this trade. I mean, the Rockets will most likely either flip Avery Bradley the next offseason or let him go to free agency, whatever they want to do with that. Um, but, yeah, you know, I like Oladipo in Miami. I definitely think that he's going to be an important factor in their championship run. I don't know if he's played with them yet, but I'm definitely gonna watch wanna watch a game in the near future with him playing for them for Miami, so um and then the Warriors uh <clears throat> traded Brad Wanamaker and Marquise Chris to the Hornets. Um I'm not too sure what for. I wanna say like a couple of seconds and I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, no. Okay, so Marquise Chris went to San Antonio um, and Brad Wanamaker went to the Hornets. I don't know why the Hornets brought in another point guard when they have Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball already. Yeah. Maybe because I mean, LaMelo Ball is supposed to be out for the rest of the season. He is out for the rest of the season. So it's really not – it's a, it's a smart move because yeah. he got injured pretty late in the trade deadline, so they couldn't have prepared a, a big – Trade or pretty smart move, so I think they did a good job there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then so I already talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, Mo Wagner is later flipped for Daniel Tice. The Bulls also got Javante Green, um, out of that deal, and then Jeff Teague was traded. Um, I'm not too sure where to. But I know he was waived like right after he was traded. So I'm assuming that's going to be a player that the Lakers are going to pick up or the Clippers or the Nets or one of those teams, contending teams. Um, and then Lonzo Ball was not traded. Uh, Kyle Lowry was not traded. And then uh, the last couple things, um, LaMarcus Aldridge was bought out. And he went to the Nets, I want to say, yesterday or today. Um, and Andre Drummond, as of a couple hours ago, has signed with the Lakers. So um, I think it's going to be a, a nice little playoff battle if the – well, if most likely the, the Nets and the Lakers make it. Um, uh, so, I yeah, I mean, great. what do you guys Both think about those two buyouts? Marcus is, of course, wanting – he wants to win his championship before he retires. And uh, 
it makes sense. And then, well, Tigo's a Lakers mm-hmm. fan, so I'll mm-hmm. let him speak about the Drummond move. Um, yeah, I I think for the Lakers, um, be you know dealing with injury right now as well. This will help us stay competitive, um, and in the in the groove of things, moving into the playoffs, making sure that we have a higher seed, um, and like enabling us to have a clearer path to to deeper rounds in the championship. I know LeBron's probably a little bit was a little stressed when we saw, you know, like most teams have a top a big three. Like Brooklyn really put together a big five, like, mm-hmm. and just. And just out of nowhere, like they just, they're like, oh, we're just put together a big three. Let's get Blake Griffin and then let's get LaMarcus. Like, how did they even do that? Nobody knows. Um, But this allows for the Lakers to have a clear path through the West, which is also getting difficult. You know, Denver is now contender, but I think the Lakers, one thing that they've, they have the advantage over last playoffs was just their size at every position. Oh, like yeah. Across the board, they were just huge. And so this is this is what they're doing. And this is what um, um, De- uh, DeMarcus can do. Or, sorry, who do they? This DeMarcus, Aldridge. DeMarcus Simmons. can do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to watch those two teams battle it out in the playoffs, hopefully, at least. Um <clears throat> Or maybe Bulls Lakers in the finals. You never know. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> the the league is is falling apart here with all these injuries that have been going on. I think this is be the last point of today's podcast. Um, so let me let me run over the injuries just off the top of my head. We've got Kevin Durant, um, Kyrie Irving. But it's not an injury. He's out for personal reasons because he's having a baby. So congratulations. Um, so yeah, you got Kevin Durant, Giannis, LeBron, Anthony Davis. I mean, already those are four huge guys. And you got Steph and Clay, six wow. of the league's top Joel. twenty players, most likely. What'd you say? Joel Embiid. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, yeah. And it's all these kind of older guys who um, have had injuries in these spots before. Except, I mean, Joel isn't very old, but um, the rest of them are kind of all these older guys who have re-injured or re-aggravated spots um, that they injured before, which is kind of showing us that, you know, I think this, this generation, <clears throat> unfortunately, of basketball that Elise Martin and I grew up watching is kind of coming to an end. But I did want to think about what is coming, which is, I mean, who's your top five of the guys below twenty-five years old? Let's let's wrap up on that. Top five, you want to go first? Twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm gonna just throw some out there. Um, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about some rookies because there's, you know, in the last two years. We've had Zion, right? Zion is exciting, mm-hmm. and he just keeps getting, like, literally bigger. Like, I don't yeah. know how he can still jump as high and yeah. be built like a freight truck. Yeah. Crazy. 
LaMelo, I mean, yeah, LaMelo Ball came into the league with a mission of winning Rookie of the Year and trying to get MVP. The man is balled out. And his yeah. teammate, Miles Bridges, had, he's exciting to watch. He's so bouncy, so springy. He's an intimidating individual when he plays with LaMelo Ball. Um, and they're making oh, yeah. a great duo over there. Anthony Edwards, he's he's also somebody who's I love to watch play, and he reminds me of somebody already in the league. Let's not sleep on John Morant. John Morant is such yeah. a great player. So there's and like I didn't even talk about Anthony Wiseman or the bigger you know Bull Bull. There there's a generation of great basketball players coming up. So under yeah. twenty five, you yeah. said. Martin Rodriguez. So speak. the first guy I would put there just came to my mind would be Bam, yeah. who's I think twenty three or twenty two. So he he, uh, he mm-hmm. oh wow yeah he looks a lot older and I think well yeah. we've talked about Bam yeah, a lot so. and that's because he's just really really good yeah so <laughs> I would definitely put Bam there. Um, I'm not trying to double mm-hmm. on what Tigo said, so I would also go with um Kevin Porter Jr. on the Rockets, which. To say I'm a bit biased because I am a Rockets fan. I just, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. he's really good. He can score, but he can also pass. He's not very short. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know his height exactly, but I'd probably guess like 6'6". Six, six. So, so he, he's he's pretty good. He's also athletic. Yeah, so right around there. Those are two. Another guy from Miami would be Tyler Hero as well, who's just really good. We've seen what he can do. He's the youngest starter in finals history, I think. Mm-hmm. So... He he's just he obviously has an amazing career ahead yeah. of him. Uh then another guy would be sorry, I'm trying to think. Um I think Donovan Mitchell is under twenty five as well. So yeah. So Donovan yep, Mitchell is because well, we all know what he is. What? Yeah. He's he's just amazing. And then uh, the final one would be Tatum. I just think Tatum is really, really good, and he's gonna he's gonna keep getting better. And I I see Tatum. I think Tatum can win one or two MVPs. I think he's really he's an amazing player. So it it's sad to see all these people oh, yeah. go. Yeah, for sure. And I think they they so, definitely left a mark, especially LeBron. In my opinion, LeBron's the greatest ever. But I think it's definitely it's sad. But yeah. because we have so many young players, I think in a way, I don't, I don't think it compensates for it. But I think we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be bored. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna try and go for five that mm. no one has said. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised no one said Luca. Uh, oh Luka wow. Dacic, um, <laughs> who I think has got at least three or four MVPs coming his way um, potentially as soon as next season, in my opinion. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, Devin Booker could be another one who's 24 years old. Carl Anthony Towns is 25. Um, yeah, uh, not Giannis, he's 26, isn't he? Brandon Ingram. Uh, and, uh, you know, you got guys like De'Aaron Fox and Ben Simmons. So, um, I think the league's got a pretty bright future here. There's a lot of really athletic guys um, coming into the league, so we'll see. 
um, where this all goes. Um, but yeah, I think who's who's everyone's favorite youngest player below twenty five right now? To end this podcast, uh, I would say Tyler Hero. I I really like his attitude. Mm. I think he's got a cockiness about him that I think he probably won't be Tatum mm. level or Ben. Like he's not gonna be top of the top. That's for sure. He's never gonna win MVP, but he's gonna be an All Star. And with the Heat, I definitely see him winning a championship or two. Yeah, I think for sure too. You Tigo? Um, I'd say John Morant. I just, I just like the kid's tenacity. He reminds me. He's like a more humble uh, Russell Westbrook. He, he, he brings tenacity to the game, enthusiasm. He jumps out the gym. He tries to dunk on literally everybody, and yep. I love that energy. Chatted on Zion a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'd have to say mine is John Morant too. Um, oh. Just because he reminds me so much of Derrick Rose. But if I had to say someone that's not John Morant, who would I go with? I'd probably say uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ben Simmons. I just like mm. guys that can score at will, but also just lock up defensively. So, um I think he's probably my favorite after Ja. Um, so, yeah, this has been a great show, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to On the Fast Break NBA Talk. Yeah, no problem. Uh, this has Stay been your safe. Host, Alex, right, here with Tio Martin. Thanks for being on, guys.